Suncast is brought to you by SunGrow, providing clean power for all. Suncast is also brought to you by Trina Solar. Hey there, Solar Warriors. I'm Nico Johnson, and this is Suncast. Each week, I pull back the veil on the life and business insights of clean tech entrepreneurs building the most noble and impactful companies of our time. I hope what you learn from this conversation is a catalyst for your own growth. So thanks for tuning in and welcome to our tribe. Hey there, Solar Warrior. Welcome back. If you're new here, I just want to say thank you for giving us a chance to earn your attention by lending us your ears and the only non-renewable resource you've got. That, of course, is your time. Today's guest is Jerry Coleman, a serial entrepreneur out of Arizona with a passion for developing and growing companies at a national scale. With more than 20 years experience in real estate, Jerry Coleman has founded and cultivated several successful real estate ventures throughout the US. So when he turned his attention towards solar, it was no surprise, it would quickly become a respected national brand. In 2014, Jerry co-founded Elevation Solar, a name I'm sure you're familiar with, where they aim to deliver homeowners with innovative energy solutions while increasing real estate value. Real estate, of course, is something that will show up as a theme in Jerry's career path. And I think this is exactly the kind of interview that many of you are missing because we'll talk as well about the process that Jerry has gone through, not once, but several times, of growing a company to the point where he needs to professionalize the staff and in particular the leadership and decides to take the next role as chairman and bring in a professional CEO as he's done not just at Elevation, but at several of the other companies that he has worked for. Today, we're going to tap into the insight and lessons learned from this visionary founder as we explore how he sees the energy sector evolving and the role the consumer and distributed technology play. I hope you subscribe to the show because that'll ensure that you won't miss out on our twice weekly content just like this. Of course, you can always take a look at our over 500 additional clean energy founder stories and startup advice at mysuncast.com. For now, let's get ready to tune up your skills, Solar Warrior, as we tune into another powerful conversation here on Suncast. Jerry, I want to say first, thank you for taking the chance to hang out with us here on Suncast. I can't imagine how busy your day is given the number of responsibilities uh, you hold under under the overarching umbrella that is Jerry Coleman, Inc. So welcome to Suncast. Thank you, Nico. Uh, always a lot to do, but, but, uh, but happy to be here with you today. Well, it's a generous offer to take some time. And I was grateful for the Fish Tank team who reached out and helped make all of this possible. A quick nod there to Sophia and the team as well. Jerry, I know you're a third generation Arizonan. You've got what I think probably most entrepreneurs or general uh, Americans with like, two and a half kids would think is a rather large family. I'd love to hear a little bit about your roots in Mesa, Arizona and kind of what made the man. Could you tell me a bit about the environment you were brought up in? What was it like for you at home and around the, the dinner table as a, as a young man? Sure. As you mentioned, born, born and raised in Arizona and in, in Mesa and four brothers and sisters, four of us in our family. Wow. And my parents started as, uh, as uh, school teachers. And, and then my dad uh, found an opportunity to uh, become a citrus farmer and figured that out. And, you know, that was uh, where he spent his career. Do you remember the time when your dad was deciding, I'm no longer going to be a teacher, I'm going to be a farmer? What did that feel like for you as a young man? 
Yeah. So, so again, very, very, very young and mm-hmm. you know, not involved in any of any of that. Just, just, just kind of saw that, that, Hey, there's, there's some optionality, you know, in terms yeah. of, uh, in, in terms of what, what you want to do. How interesting. And also to see at that young age, apparently you don't need to be locked into one career, that optionality point, right? That we can make decisions. We can change our, our course and course correct along the way. I wonder, along with your dad becoming a citrus farmer, were there other milestones that you remember that maybe created the preponderance of evidence that you might grow up into entrepreneurship? You know, Nico, not, not specifically at a young age. Um, you know, I had, I had, I had some experiences that, that, I, that I think helped, you know, I, I had a, I had an influential you know, high school football coach that, mm-hmm. uh, that, that really, you know, coach uh, Jesse Parker, you know, really focused on teaching us that we could accomplish more than we thought we could some, sometimes through, you know, through, through very physical, you know, activities, but that, that always stuck with me that, uh, that, Hey, you know, we, we, we can, we can do a lot more than we think we can to stretch, to try and achieve, uh, you know, something more than, uh, originally you think you can. Do you remember the first time you, I would, I'll call it embraced the opportunity to sell or be an entrepreneur the first time you made a dollar? Um, I, I, I remember, you know, again, working in citrus, both, you know, out in the, in, in the groves, uh, you know, irrigating, you know, spraying weeds, uh, but also, you know, at a store. So I, I remember growing up a little bit around that. And then I also worked, worked construction, uh, you know, summers in Arizona. Uh, me- remember, remember doing roofing uh, on, on, on a day when it was 122 degrees in, in, in Arizona, you know, and I, you know, it broke some records. And that, that, that day was up on a roof, uh, you, know, you know, doing some construction. So was exposed to a variety of things, including real estate, you know, from an early age. Well, real estate ultimately became the thing that I'll say uh, set you free. Did you, prior to getting into college, get into real estate or was that something that uh, as you were going through college and learning more about kind of how the real world works that you dabbled in real estate? Yeah. And so, and, and, and I'll, 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 I'll say first, uh, you know, as, as, you know, as I started my, my college career, I, I took two years off and, and uh, served a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and okay. did that in, in Argentina. And again, I, I, I wow. credit that with, with significant, uh, you know, personal advancement as well. It was a great yeah. opportunity to, you know, be independent, to learn interpersonal skills, to learn a new culture and customs, uh, to, you know, serve, you know, great, great chance to kind of get, get out and do something new that, uh, that allowed me to develop a lot of the things that I'll, that, that I'll, that I'll credit with, uh, you know, adding to some of the success. I appreciate that. We have a lot of, I was a Peace Corps volunteer, so I totally appreciate someone taking two years out of their early adulthood to, uh, to go work on behalf of other communities. Uh, we have a lot of folks in Latin America that listen to the show. Whereabouts in Argentina were you based? Uh, I was based in, in Rosario, Rosario, Argentina, which is kind of middle of the country and, and, and between the two provincias, the uh, Santa Fe and Entre Rios is wow. where I was in Argentina. Entonces, el español. Sí. Wow. Do you get to practice Spanish on a regular basis now? Yeah, not as much as I'd like, but, uh, but, but, but get a, you know, speak it as much as I, I have the opportunity. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's kind of like right in between uh, Cordoba and Buenos Aires, Rosario. Man, yeah. that's so interesting. I would not, uh, I would not have known. Thank you for offering that up. I wouldn't have known that you had gone on a mission. And it's clear that uh, I appreciate you sharing the interpersonal skills, the culture, customs, and the ability to serve and learn to serve others. 
uh, at an early age as uh, early milestones for you that I'm sure were very formative. Jerry, you went on to uh, study through undergraduate and then graduate school and as an attorney by training, but you didn't practice law, at least not for long. I'm curious, uh, before we jump into how you did end up developing your businesses, what career path did you not go down, but always thought you would? I knew I wanted to, uh, you know, have a career in business. Uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, yeah. And so, so, so coming back, you know, from a mission and starting, uh, you know, or, or continuing my career to the year of, of college before that, I enrolled at ASU and, and, and started a business program and, and kind of chose, chose accounting as what I thought would be a great, you know, kind of baseline for whatever I went into in business. Is there something that informed that? You just need to know the numbers, that kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. Need to know the numbers, was, was, was always good at math. You know, fig- figured it'd be a, be a good baseline. I kind of chose between that and finance. And, and, and frankly, I think either one would have been a, a good kind of solid you know, base in business. Yeah. If, if I could be so bold, having done a little bit of research, I'm going to read a quote from the ASU journal where you were awarded entrepreneur, I think on the year. But you said, for everything you're doing in business, you need a good understanding of accounting and finance principles to get something off the ground and scale to profitability. Being able to legally set up entities and draft operating agreements and other types of contracts and negotiable partnerships or negotiate partnerships and deals to get things done is also important. So it seems like you were, you really did have like a rational understanding of the underpinnings that you'd need as a, as a business owner, not just someone who would go into business. Correct. Yes. And, 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 and again, I'll, I'll, I'll share one other thing that happened during, during my time at ASU, you know, partly I, I think anybody's success is, is as much a function of, uh, of, you know, who they meet and who they end up partnering with over time. Mm. Right. And, and, and I was fortunate, uh, to, you know, to have, you know, a handful of people that I, that I met that were in real estate, that were in mortgages that, that, uh, that, that I was able to interact with that you know, helped me understand, you know, some of the things that they had, you know, that they had done to get into what they were doing. And so, you know, I, I would, I would recommend anyone being exposed to, you know, different career paths, different opportunities, different business owners, understanding how they started and why they started and what they, they did, it, it would be helpful. And so I did have the opportunity to start a mortgage company uh, as I was finish, finishing up my, my degree at, uh, at ASU and, you know, had a, had a couple of partners that, uh, that, 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 you know, that we, we, we set off on that path together and we, we you know, had some success in, 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 you know, launching that company. You know, at, at, at the time, it felt like it was a it was a big undertaking. It it it, it was a you know ended up being a small mortgage company with a you know half a dozen you know loan officers that uh, that we ran for a couple of years. But uh, but it was a great great first opportunity to get a business off the ground and, and and running. It's always interesting as a small business owner and entrepreneur. I've been in different sized businesses. You've scaled really big companies. Most folks would look at a twelve person company and think. Oh, that's actually, that feels like not quite such a small business, even though by definition it is. How did you decide that it was time to move on from that business and go try something different, right? Like what was the, what was the conversation in your head where you are, I feel like obviously saying to yourself, this isn't it, this isn't going to unlock what I'm, what I'm capable of. I don't know for sure what, 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 uh, what caused that, but I had it, but I had a, an, you know, just a, just a you know, kind of internal desire to continue my education and to be exposed to new things. Right. And, and I knew, 
I knew that if I, uh, if, if I finished undergrad and didn't go right into a graduate degree that I wouldn't go back and do it. Right. And so I knew I had this opportunity to, you know, to, to broaden my, you know, you know, my experience to, to, to continue my education. And, and I, and I looked at MBAs, you know, versus law school and just, you know, I was intrigued by the opportunity to go to law school. And so we decided to do it and continue on that educational path and, and, uh, you know, continue kind of building a foundation for, you know, for, for, for what would be my career. I remember that you went on to law school, kind of starting out, got the, got the law degree at BYU, did some law and was Invitation Homes the first thing you did from the law firm? So came out of, came out of law school and, you know, passed the bar. And during law school, I continued to do things on the, on the mortgage finance side, as well as started, um, you know, with, with a mortgage company, we, you know, we started buying some houses and we had a, a handful, a handful, you know, four or five rental houses, uh, you know, that we kind of, you know, uh, you know, but me, me and me and a partner bought and, you know, managed, you know, self-managed, uh, you know, kind of throughout law school uh, and even before started looking at a few uh, land deals with, uh, you know, with, with, with uh, some people that I knew and then specifically had, had one, uh, one, one individual that was a, a close friend from, you know, we, we, we played Pop Warner football together when we were eight years old and, and, and were neighbors, went to high school together, played, played football all through high school. His father uh, had been in real estate for, you know, for decades and, and he started getting into that business as I was going mm-hmm. to law school. The business of, of land, right? This is the land entitlement. Yep. So this is, this is land acquisition. Again, you know, he, he was starting small with a few, you know, a few small pieces that he'd, you know, acquire and, and, and subdivide and, you know, maybe build a home or two and sell a few lots. And uh, so we stayed in touch as he was doing that. As I finished up my, uh, I finished up at law school, you know, we, we reconnected and, 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 you know, talked about expanding on what he was doing and, you know, bringing, you know, more capital together, more structure together and, 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 and taking that to the next level. And that is a, a venture Alliance Investment Group that from 2004 to present day you've been engaged in. One of the things that anybody listening who understands the solar industry is immediately going to think is, well, you're eventually going to get to elevation and this guy has an experience in land acquisition and entitlement. Why the heck did he start a residential solar company? My question is not that yet, but why not go into large scale solar when you did turn your eyes towards what the, the possibility of renewable energy? You know, we started doing uh, land acquisition and it really were, we were doing smaller projects even before Alliance kind of, you know, early 2000s. Um, and then and then the, the you know, we, we continue to have some projects that we manage, but Alliance hasn't been the focus for, you know, for 15 years now. And so, uh, you know, back in the time when we, when we were really engaged in that, it was uh, it was a uh, it was a, a newer industry and has really grown since then. So the opportunity was there, but just not something that was on my radar at the time. Yeah. Well, what was on your radar circa 2008 and at the time of uh, the housing crash was the growing opportunity for consolidation. I'll call it consolidation. You've probably got a lot better words for it because you've spoken about it at length of the residential market. We are in a housing crisis. Prices are obviously going through the floor and a lot of folks are losing their homes, but still need to rent. Can you talk a bit about the inspiration that led to Invitation Homes and one of the biggest real estate ventures in, in you know, I'd say, re- relevant history. Yeah, absolutely. And as we were operating in the, in, in the, in the land acquisition entitlement business, 
you know, that, that went really well kind of in the early 2000s up through 2005, even into 2006. We were, we were fortunate uh, that, that we started seeing some of the signs of a, of, a, of a downturn on the real estate side as early as late 2005, early 2006. Uh, we just we, we felt some softening. And, and, and as we all know, the, there was a major crash that happened kind of, you know, 06, 07, you know, 08. Um, but we felt that early uh, on the land side, it happened earlier. And, and in some markets, including Arizona, it happened earlier than other places. And so fortunate to kind of kind of start to feel, feel that softening fast uh, sooner. You know, we, we had exited some of our projects. The projects we had uh, didn't have any any debt. So we were able to, to kind of say, hey, we're going to, you know, we're going to weather this storm and, 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 and set those projects aside. And so we, we started looking, we started trying to be opportunistic. And, you know, at that time, we, you know, we started, started to see some distressed assets that were, uh, that, that were coming online. We started looking at distressed assets in 2006, you know, you know bought a few things, uh, you know, 2006, 2007, and then really, really found that what we, you know, the asset that we liked and that we were good at, you know, good at managing were single family homes. You know, at that time, you know, land, you know, there, there weren't any new homes being built. So land and lots were kind of sitting, uh, you know, sitting inactive. But homes, people still needed a place to live. And regardless of kind of where, where the market was, uh, the ups and downs, you know, you know, if, if you're priced right, that there's a housing market to do. And so we, we, we put together a team and, and, and uh, you know, started buying, buying, fixing and reselling homes. And we did that for a couple of years. We did about 1,400 transactions here in, 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 in Arizona, kind of uh, 07, 08, 09. And, you know, we're, we're successfully running that business. And then, and then Nico, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you one, one story that, uh, that kind of shifted the focus and direction of where we were going. This is, uh, this is 2010 in a suburb of Phoenix. Uh, we, 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 we bought a house that was, you know, it's about 3,200 square feet built in 2007, sold, sold brand new for about $325,000, about a hundred dollars a foot. By this time, the, the, the real estate market had, had crashed significantly. And that house was, was, was retailing in the $120,000 range. So ma- you know, massive, you know, crash 60, 65% of value lost. We, we went to the foreclosure auction that day and we bought that house for $63,000, uh, $19 a square foot. That's how, that's how bad the market had gotten in, in some of these areas. So we said, Hey, we can, we can fix this house and we can sell it now, but there's, there's, there's gotta be a, there's gotta be a better opportunity here. This, the, the, you know, if, if, if you believe in America, that America will come back, you believe that this house is going to appreciate significantly that. And we matched the fact that, you know, this was a very difficult time for, you know, individuals. A lot of people have been, uh, had, had homes foreclosed on and there was a lot, you know, a lot of, a lot of, uh, families looking for, you know, for quality places to rent. So we, so, so we fixed that home and, and, and rented it out and saw a much bigger opportunity there that led to, you know, that led to kind of other, other things within the career. It's easier to say other things within the career and sort of gloss over what came next. The thing that I want folks to really glean is your ability, I'm going to say to see around corners where the market is going and to find good partners, which you've brought up a couple of times. Before we talk specifically about uh, how that business evolved into what became Invitation Homes and the partner there that helped you scale it and, and ultimately take it public, was there a time when you remember learning the skill set or the, the intuition, how you developed that pattern matching of both market observation and 
acumen around partner selection? Yeah, and 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 probably several things. A couple of things that stand out that I'll mention. One on kind of seeing what's next. Being in real estate will help you. Uh, will help you. Will, will force you to kind of understand where things are going, especially as you're as you're acquiring land. Has to go through entitlements and developments before it can be you know built upon. You've got to have some foresight. You've got to understand where markets are going, where expansions going. You've got to you know be, be able to, to to you know you know look into the future. So that I think that was that was that was helpful in terms of kind of always looking forward and understanding where market was going to be and where where some of the opportunities for growth were going to come. So I think that's something that we can all do is kind of try and look look forward to understand where markets going as opposed to as opposed to where it is now. We certainly didn't foresee the massive crash that came, but I'm a, I'm a big believer that, hey, there's, there's opportunities regardless of where the market was, right? We were, we were in a high growth, you know, uh, you, know, you know, part of the real estate market that, that you know, provided many opportunities. And then, and then we were in a, a crash that uh, provided different opportunities. Um, and I think you can, you can see both. Uh, you, can see, you, can, you can find opportunities in both, in both cases. And then you ask on the on the on the partner and the partner selection side, and, and again, you know, as 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 you mentioned, and I and I've mentioned, I've been I've been very fortunate to have have great partners uh, throughout my career. I think it's about finding you know somebody that's like minded that that uh, that has you know similar values and work ethic as you do, as well as uh, you know very important to find uh, people that complement your strengths, complement their their weaknesses, and vice versa. That's always been something I look for, you know, to, 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 you know, to start a new venture. There are dozens, probably hundreds of companies that a major investment bank, for lack of a better term, like Blackstone could partner with. Uh, do you remember how you were introduced to them and why you ultimately decided that that was a good partner for the Invitation Homes uh, growth? Yeah. And so we, when, when we, you know, we, we, we operate, we, you know, we started this, you know, single, single family rental that uh, we started, you know, buying some homes, fixing them, renting them. Um, as I mentioned, we saw a, big, a much bigger opportunity there that uh, we said, we said, Hey, there's, there's a lot of homes that, uh, that can be bought, fixed, uh, rented. There's a lot of families that are looking for, you know, high quality, you know, rental, uh, you know, rental situation. And we were doing this kind of, you know, mainly Arizona, a few, a few other, you know, you know, on a small scale, a few other places. But we said, hey, th- this is happening nationally. And so there's a much bigger opportunity. And Nico, we looked around at the time and the single family rental industry was, uh, was such a fragmented industry. There were, there were no, there were no you know, large players. There was no scale. Uh, we looked at the number of homes that we had bought, fixed and either sold or rented. And we had done as many or more than anybody, you know, had across the country. Right, just because it's such a such a, a, a fragmented uh, you know marketplace, and, and so so we said, hey, um, you know, to, to do this right, we're going to need significant capital, and and so we had, you know, we had, we had built some ties to institutional capital, but again, this is where finding good partners comes in. We 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 brought together you know about a half a dozen of us that that uh, that, that that co-founded Invitation Homes, and we all had different strengths uh, that we brought to the table. Including a couple, a couple that had strengths on the on the capital raising side, a couple of us that had significant experience on the real estate side, a few that had had done more on the on, on the on the construction and, and and fixing up of the home side, and and, and a few you know and, and one you know and, and and some some talent on the on the management side. So we we really you know crafted a team that had done a lot there and and, and brought it together, and and went out and talked to about a dozen different cap, potential capital partners. 
Um, and Blackstone, uh, you know, uh, was was aligned with the vision and the scale that we thought was possible, um, as, as well as you know had the had the capital to go to go make that happen. Getting ready for this interview is a little challenging because I could go so deep on questions about any one of the, of the three companies that we could talk about right now. Not even to dig deep into Alliance and everything you learned around around that piece of business, but in less than eighteen months, you grew from zero to over 1,500 employees, 10,000 contractors. You've now got over 50,000 properties and over $10 billion collectively invested in two years time with Blackstone into Invitation Homes. And you decide to leave and go start not one, but two different companies. I want to understand the mindset that that you operate in where uh, I think most most people who in their youth decided I want to get into business, um, having having reached what many would say is the pinnacle, you've taken a company public with a, with a partner like Blackstone and you've deployed $10 billion in investment capital. What were you feeling at that moment, that, that hunger that forced you to take a, take a step out and look for something new? Yeah, the first two and a half years at Invitation Homes, extremely uh, you know, busy and, and difficult, but also uh, very exciting and, and you know, rewarding from a, from a uh, you know, career perspective. And so I, I, I realized, you know, that, that, that hey, I, I really enjoy, you know, the, the process of, you know, coming up with an idea, uh, you, know, you know, finding the right partners, having that, 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 that the synergies of the different strengths of the partners, uh, launching, launching a business, uh, beginning to scale it, you know, getting it, getting it up to a path. And then, you know, and then, I, you know, I also found that there's a lot of talented people that are, that are, that are much better than me at, you know, managing a, a scaled business and, and kind of running those operations and, mm-hmm. and and dialing in processes and procedures and other things like that. So, mm-hmm. so those first, as you mentioned, those first, you know, through those first kind of two two and a half years of invitation homes, we had we had we had you know acquired fifty thousand homes and invested ten billion dollars of capital, and we had and we'd started to stabilize that portfolio. And again, that's 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 very fast to get to that that pace um but but uh but it was a, we we entered a little bit of a different stage there and so it was the it was the right time for for uh you know new new talent to come into the business some of the existing talent to kind of shift you know places and and for me to step away from the day to day for a sense of scale if anybody's trying to do the numbers in their head that that on average is buying uh 68 and a half homes a day over two year period which clearly is done as well in large lots by buying, uh, actually buying tranches of, of, uh, of property, not, not, in the, not, I imagine it's gotta be similar to buying, um, student loan debt in some form or other, right. You can buy it in, in large holdings. Yeah, actually we, we looked for those opportunities and we, and we evaluated some of them, but, but we ended up by over 90% of the, of the 50,000 homes were, were bought individually. That's uh, mind-boggling. One at a time. Wow. Yeah. That's mind boggling. That's the 1500 people. <laughs> Thus, the fifteen hundred people, and, and and really, it was it was a, it was a function of um, you know setting up markets and local market expertise, right? Yeah. It, it, it's it's you know, re- real estate is very local, and and so fi- you know going going in and 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 you know finding the right people in the right markets that uh, that 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 can that can do uh, a, a lot of that heavy lifting. That was one of the one of the keys to to being able to to do that. Jerry, in that six people, what was your zone of genius? Where did you contribute in that two years to the growth of that company and, and that you've seen continue forward through Elevation and OfferPad? You know, my focus in the early days of Invitation Homes was opening up new markets mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and heading up acquisitions. And 
making sure we had the right teams that understood what we were trying to do, but that also had the, the right local market expertise. And coming in, you know, coming in and getting getting you know teams set up and started, um, and then coming back and making sure you know making sure we were buying the right product and you know fixing it up the right way and 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 and, and all of those things. And so yeah, that that on on the on the you know. Opening opening markets, uh, you know, continue yeah. to scale a business, and 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 the and the acquisition of the hard real estate is where yeah. my focus was. Well, as you're opening markets, circa 2013, 2014, it seems that you became you became aware, as many did in the business sector, certainly in the real estate, that Tesla and Sunrun and Solar City and other companies are uh, really opening uh, the the, the real estate market to the solar opportunity and institutional capital was pouring in to, to support the portfolios of companies that or the portfolios of assets that companies were buying. Can you talk a bit about the moment or the time frame where you realized there's an unmet need in the marketplace that my, that the, the Venn diagram of my real estate knowledge, my, uh, my market development skills and my intuition around what's happening next uh, meets and that became elevation. Talk to me about that. Sure. Yeah. And, and, and so all, all of those things that you mentioned, uh, yeah, we, we, we were seeing happening, uh, you know, in this in, in the space. Um, along with that, uh, you know, we, we just, you know, we recognize that, uh, that behind, you know, rent or a mortgage, that the next biggest expense, you know, that you have on the, on the residential real estate side is, is, is your energy mm-hmm. uh, cost. We had seen the, the power of scaling a business and building efficiencies and, you know, and, 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 you know, finding the right financing tools and, and, and all of those things that, uh, that, that, that we did on the, on the single family rental side and, and, and thought that they were, you know, very much applicable on the energy side. And so we, uh, you know, in, you know, two, 2014, we, we, uh, we said, Hey, you know, with, with the idea of, uh, you know, uh, going out and finding the right, residential energy solutions um, and starting by installing those, you know, one house at a time, we could develop those, those right solutions and deploy them at scale, uh, you know, onto portfolios of, uh, of, of, you know, of residential real estate. Were you seeing this as an opportunity to put solar on the invitation portfolio or to offer it as a standalone service? How did that sort of first machination happen for you? Yeah. Um, it was both. It was. It was. Uh, you know, we 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 knew we could we could uh, develop those solutions. We knew we needed to de- develop those solutions one at a time, and we knew that would be a solid a solid business for us to operate. But uh, but but always always had uh, you know as a, a as one of the main objectives to be able to you know develop what 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 those energy solutions should look like and you know you know on on a, on, a, on an individual home basis that could then be. Um, that can then be rolled out to to larger portfolios of, of, of homes, and 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 Nico, maybe, you know, maybe I'll say that the the what we found and what 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 I thought would be the case, and and what we found it, you know to be the case is with with scale uh, comes new opportunities, right? For for example, as we you know as we as we began to scale invitation homes, we did the the first ever securitization. Mm-hmm. Uh, on single family rental homes that, that lowered our cost of, of debt capital significantly, right? Yeah. That's, that's an example of what scale can, can, can do to help you, help you grow a business. We, we, we obviously, you know, found tons of efficiencies in running that business with the, with the type of scale that we had. 
Um, we expected we'd find the same thing on the energy side, um, and we have. Uh, I'll give you an, an example. So, 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 you know, solar has always been, you know, you know, one of the, you know, one of the key, you know, uh, you know, energy solutions that mm-hmm. uh, that's been, been been part of what uh, Elevation offers, along with energy efficiency and some smart home technology, and 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 you know, we've got a proprietary data tool uh, that we have as well, um, but. But the, the the scale that uh, that that you know the the single family rental the large single family rental companies have um, bring the opportunity to, to do more. You know, for example, you know we we, we engaged uh, this past summer we engaged with uh, with APS, the largest utility company you know here in Arizona, yeah. um, on on a pilot where we said, uh, hey, if we have if we have enough homes, you know, we can develop the, the technology to shift when energy is being used within those mm-hmm. homes, can we cover the peak challenges that the utility company has? Mm-hmm. So we, we, we did that last summer and we, and we, we proved out that we could move enough, you know, enough energy use on an individual home basis from, from the, the, the peak periods of time to earlier periods of time or later periods of time that with the scale that these large companies have, we can create virtual power plants in these markets. Right. We can we can have the same effect as a utility company coming and building a, you know, yeah. building a peaker plant. Um, and again, trying to do that on, a, on, on an individual basis, very difficult coming in with tens of thousands of homes. You can you can do a lot. You can do a lot more. So I, I use it as an example of the of the of, of the benefits of scale that uh, we thought we found that we that we have started to find. You know, I wondered coming into this, do you see elevation or did you as a as a construction company? or something different? Are you ultimately in the power business owning the assets or did you see Elevation as uh, like a door knocking sales and marketing construction company? Yeah, so we, we, in the early days we saw, we saw both as opportunities. And frankly, Nico, this was my first, my first foray into energy. And so mm-hmm. a lot, lot, lot of things that, uh, that, 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 uh, that as a group that we've learned over the years. But I think you need, you need the, right, the right, you know, you know the right balance of of, of all those things. You, you you have to have the sales side of it that drives the you know the the, the drives the the business. You've you've got to be able to fulfill, and so the construction piece is is very important. You've got to be able to have the right strategy to where you're developing new solutions and taking them uh, you know in in ways that you can roll them out meaningfully to to individual homeowners and 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 to these portfolios. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, the key for us has always been to, you know, find that, find that balance of, of having, having all of those uh, components, uh, and, you know, as part of the solution that you can provide. I love it. And, uh, it's definitely obvious for me that the, the framework around uh, scale for real estate helped make the transition over to solar. It seems to me like as well, your understanding of the mortgage industry contributed. What are some of those keystone business principles that you leverage from prior businesses turned out to be extremely, maybe fortuitous, but also just uh, very useful in wrapping your head around how the industry is going to scale and, and how it's ultimately panning out. Yeah, I think, I think, there's, I think there's several learning. Cer- certainly, certainly an understanding of, uh, of real estate and finance uh, you know, is, is key to the, to the solar industry, as, 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 uh, as, as everyone in the business you know, understands. Um, so th- those were very helpful. Um, again, fi- finding finding the right uh, the right talent and the right the right you know people to come help build an organization um, always extremely important. 
when you're starting something from scratch there, you know, uh, understanding that there are people that are really good at the, you know, zero to one, you know, uh, you know, part of this, uh, you know, equation that, that, that you know, f- figuring out how to get our first handful of installs, you know, done and figuring out how to, how to do all of the little things that need to be done to set up a company from there, figuring out, okay, who's, who, who can get you from zero to one and then who can get you from one to 10 and then who can scale it even, even bigger from them. And, and, and how, and how you bring all that together, I think is extremely important. And that, that's what requires, you know, great partners, great, you know, great, you know, uh, and a great executive team, great employees overall, and hopefully a structure that, uh, that, that, that incentivizes everybody and builds the right culture in a way that, uh, that, 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 that everyone has a great experience doing it. Yeah. It's interesting. There are, a number of peer organizations, uh, named notably Sunrun, uh, Sonova, uh, Vivint now part of Sunrun, um, that have the scale that you're talking about in terms of their, the, the contract structures that they engaged in when, and the, and the intuition they had around adding battery storage and contractually structuring the battery storage so they'd have access to it. I'm curious around two things. How did you know that or how did your team think about adding batteries to the offering such that you could eventually offer this uh, virtual power plant component? And then the second thing to that is how did you go about choosing the right material uh, or equipment provider for that, for that effort? Yeah. And again, I'll, I'll start by saying that this is all still a work in, 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 you know, in process, right? You know, you know, obviously, you know, batteries, you know, uh, batteries became a, a, a part of the solution, you know, er, early on, you know, just the overall solution and, and, and another thing to offer as part of as part of the, the overall you know, residential energy offering, you know, in terms of in terms of how and where they'll fit in the future. And you mentioned a couple of companies. There are a lot of great companies doing a lot of great things out there. Right, we're we're trying to tailor we're trying to tailor our approach and our focus to to, to some of these areas where where that we know and that we're that we're experienced in, um, and so I, I I do believe that there are a lot of different good solutions out there um, that, uh, that that I think will con- continue to, uh, to to find find their their you know their place in the you know in in in, in the ecosystem. You know, in terms of we're, we're you know, I'll, I'll tell you, Neil, we're still in the process of de- determining what the right materials are as we as, as we begin to scale. So we're so we we've, you know, it, it's taken several it's, it's taken several years for us to get to the place where we have, you know, what we think is the right what we call a whole home solution, right? As opposed to to, to just producing energy or just making it more efficient or just automating some things you know, or, or just giving you a little bit of data, we, we, we've come up with something that we think brings all of those things in, in, into a whole home solution that, that frankly, when, when we, when we talk to customers, both large and small, we, we let them know that, Hey, this is the, the right solution for you today, but we're going to build, we're going to build this in a way that, that incorporates any new technology or any new, you know, solutions that come down the road. Can you give me a sense of scale of elevation? Um, you know, it's now uh, what almost eight years old. How big is the company now? Co- company, you know, is, is is in that is in that stage now where we've 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 grown significantly. The core business uh, is 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 roughly a, a, about a hundred million dollar a year run rate on the revenue side, um, and the solutions, you know, part of our business, which is is the is the is the, the one engaging with the, the large landlords. Is just starting to get to, to get to revenue, and and that's yeah. where 
that's where we're 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 engaged right now with with uh, with owners of of homes that that would be uh, uh, you know a hundred times the volume we did last year. Yeah. Right. And again, that that won't that won't happen quickly. There's 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 a process to get this rolled out in the right way. But 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 there's you know, we, we, we kind of feel like we've been ramping and now we're, we're, we're just ready to go to a to a much larger scale. I'm going to guess that took uh, longer than you thought it would. It definitely took longer than than I thought it would. And, and, and for, for many reasons. Right. One one is coming up with the right solution. Um, you know, two, two is, is 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 starting to build the resources to be able to deploy mm-hmm. at scale. Yeah. And then three is, is, is just, you know, any, any, you know, the, 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 the large owners of property are focused on property, not, not necessarily focused on other things. And so these, yeah. you know, if you take invitation homes as an example, invitation homes is, is, uh, is, is now a, a, a company that owns over 90,000 homes. And, and, and I'm looking as of, as of today, it's a, you know, $23.3 billion market cap company. So these are these are large, large uh, institutions that, uh, that that we're that we're that we're working with on that side. Wow, remarkable! Hey, family! One quick reminder here that if you haven't yet joined Resource Labs, you are missing out. It is our outstanding community. It's the evolution of Suncast, moving from presentations, you listening to us talk, to conversations, our community involved in conversations as varied as powering Australia, to green hydrogen, to crypto, and so many other things. Our newsroom is full of great insights. The main chat and even our RE Plus Where to Party At channel have been popping off. We've got more than 100 folks enjoying the community, and I would invite you in. You can do that at mysuncast.com forward slash community. Come see how Resource Labs can help you grow your influence, impact, and income. See you inside. Hey, I know you are a savvy listener. Heck, you're listening to Suncast and You've probably, as a result, heard of a little company called SunGrow. If you're not using SunGrow inverters on your projects, I would love to better understand why. They are the inverter of choice for many of the EPCs that I know. SunGrow is the number one in gigawatts deployed. They've got the top bankability in the industry. Hexsolve uses them for the majority of their projects. And you may not even know, but SunGrow has the largest R&D team in the power electronics industry. These three key points alone have convinced most of the major U.S. developers to prefer SunGrow. They now experience a diversified supply chain, local service team, patented containerized product, all with their seamless pain-free commissioning. Look, imitation is the highest form of flattery. So why spend all of your cycles on what inverter to use when the largest EPC in the land has already done the heavy lifting for you? You can have their same experience for your projects. See how at mysuncast.com forward slash sungrow. You know, as these businesses scale, one of the things that you and I have talked about is the need to I'll say professionalize the leadership. There's, there's often this, um, this, this valley that needs to be crossed by an entrepreneur if they want to grow a company beyond a certain level. Or I think in your case, you as an entrepreneur realize I can take a company to only so far and then I need to bring someone else in. I'd like to hear for you, what are those markers? What do you look for to know? Okay, I've kind of reached 
the wall here in terms of what I can add and value. And we need to bring in a professional CEO. And then we can talk a little bit about how the, the evolution of elevation in that regard. Yeah. So a couple of the milestones, um, you know, again, you know, I, I, I really enjoy from concept uh, to business idea to launching and raising capital and, you know, kind of building the right foundation, the right partners uh, and, and then beginning to scale. And then, and then as, as, as companies start to get into a little bit more of a stabilization, a little bit more focused on day-to-day operations and, 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 and making this, this thing that you're doing over and over and over again, better that, you know, th- those, those are some of the keys for me. Uh, and, and, and where it ends up being for me is, um, again, depending on the business, but it's, but, it, but it's anywhere from, you know, uh, you know, a, a few hundred, uh, you know, employees to, you know, to, you know, invitation homes is kind of an anomaly as, as quickly as we had to grow. But, uh, at that time, I, you know, there's, there's, there's people that are, that are really good at that part of the business and, and, uh, um, and that enjoy that part of the business more. And, um, so it's, it's, it's a function of balancing, kind of that stage with finding the right people and, 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 and kind of helping that transition happen yeah. that, uh, that, I'm, that I'm always looking for. When I spoke with Greg, who's now your CEO, he talked about an opportunity for the business as well as the market to cross the chasm. I think that uh, as we've covered here on Suncast, we are definitely in that period right now of technological innovation crossing the chasm. We've moved beyond or moving beyond the early adopters and the innovators into that early majority where we expect to see you know, the next 30% of, uh, of the, the U.S. population adopt and, and add solar and energy efficiency and other types of uh, energy products to their home and be energy generators themselves, uh, participate in this uh, de- decentralization. What did you look for in a CEO as you went to market that, um, that ultimately Greg Fasulo uh, fulfilled for you? Yeah, so, so we, went, we went to market and, 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 and I'll just mention, you know, our, our CEO prior to Greg, uh, Clayton Anderson, it did a, did a did a great job building the business to where it was. And you know, we 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 all huddled. You know, Clayton, Greg, and then Brian Bear is my co-founder of Elevation, uh, as well as we co-founded Offerpad together. But uh, but uh, Clayton did a great job of of building the business. And as we huddled, we said, Hey, we've got this opportunity to continue building the core business to 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 build out the solutions opportunity. We need more talent resources, uh, you know, capacity. Um, and Clayton was, was, was very open to us going out and finding a new CEO to overall and having him focus on other ways. So we, we, we retained, you know, him and his talents, which was a, a, a huge part of the transition. Um, and then we went out and looked for somebody that had leadership uh, capacity that had, that had run organizations that, that knew energy, that, uh, that understood the vision of where we wanted to take this. Um, and we talked to, you know, uh, you know, a, a lot of different, you know, potential candidates and, you know, Greg, Greg checked those boxes and, 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 uh, you know, uh, you know, more, more than anything, I think was aligned on what, what, uh, what was possible for, uh, for the growth of where we wanted to take the business. Uh, and roughly how many employees now at Elevation? Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, Greg, Greg could give you a more exact, uh, you know, answer, but, uh, but I, but I think we're, I, I think we're just, just, you know, over 600. Okay. Yeah. I remembered the number 500, but it, you guys are growing so fast that it's not, doesn't surprise me. How would you characterize the next phase of growth where Greg and the team are going with elevation? You're now the chairman of the board. You get informed of how things are going and conferred with about decisions to be made. But where do you see from the position of chairman of the board that 
elevation as well as the broader solar industry is going over the next three to five years? Yeah, I think I think it's going to be an exciting uh, three to five years for the industry. As you mentioned, I think uh, I think I think there's going to be significant uh, uh, adoption from a larger you know uh, portion of the of, of the country. And and I so I, so so how we see the business is is you know I'll just mention a couple of things. Continuing to 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 build the core business that's 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 rolling these solutions out to to individual homeowners is 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 going to continue to be a focus. The largest opportunity we have is 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 to scale with 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 these institutional you know landlords and where we're taking that that part of the business. And then I think the third the third area is just on you know tech, technology and new solutions that come. Right. Uh, you know, I mentioned we have a proprietary you know data piece uh, that's called you know yeah. Curb. That's a that's a that's a that's a unit that's installed at the breaker level that that provides uh, you know full transparency of of consumption and production in the home uh, on a real-time basis. Um, mm. and, and that's an app that the, that, the, that the homeowner gets that helps them make better decisions. But then as you can imagine, it's also a, 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 a you know, data that can be used to help a landlord understand when an air conditioning unit is gonna fail and, and get out in front of that. So it's a better experience for, for, the, for the resident in that home as well as a, you know, a, a cheaper you know, cost to fix that. So there's, 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 there's pieces around data and technology and then and then just I think all of us understand that technology is going to get better and there'll be new new options that we want to incorporate into what, what I call this whole home solution. So that's that th- those would be the three areas of focus for, for for elevation in the coming years. I appreciate that you touched on the aspect of big data. I mean, big data is going to play a big role as we do really, truly in the next five plus years, integrate into the Internet of Things future that was that was forecast back in in all of the science magazines in 2006 and I was getting into the solar industry. Uh, and in particular, the ability to use that technology to get insight into what's happening in the home, but to provide decision support for yeah. asset managers, fleet owners that you know, if we think about it just as large swaths of property being owned by, by asset managers like Blackstone, there is a lot of decision support uh, available now uh, at the sensor level that just wasn't available. Uh, even in 2014, when, when you started, it wasn't available at scale, at least there were much smaller companies like Sense and Smappy that were that were providing that kind of technology. So it's really interesting to see that you guys are you developing in house these products like Curb or is it a, a joint venture type of partnership? No, we are. So so Cur- Cur- Curb we acquired um, mm. uh, a couple of years ago now um, okay. and, and, and have integrated that in. And so we're developing those those tools in house. And I think the key, I, I agree with everything you just said, and and, and the key on that uh, on the on the data and and the IoT. Is, is going to be how, how can we how can we automate those things to make them more useful, right? The, the data is great, and, and and we have we have great we have great uh, customer interaction, and 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 the, and the individuals that have Curb and have that act or that app on their phones, um, you know, when, when, you know, it, it automatically sends out uh, you know an, an email on usage, and and, and it's over fifty percent open rate, which 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 automated emails that's you know as, as you can imagine that's that's huge, so. People are paying attention and, and looking at that and interested in, in, in what, you know, what parts of their home are using energy and, and, and using that, that data. I think the key is it, the, the more we can automate that for individual you know, homeowners, but even more so you know, for, for, uh, for these large portfolios, uh, the, 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 you know, the more opportunities that we'll unlock. So speaking of unlocking opportunities, we're all really grateful for the hard fought effort uh, on Capitol Hill recently for the Inflation Reduction Act. I wonder how you're seeing this convergence 
we, we're in a high inflation moment where uh, housing often uh, reacts to inflation in, in very specific ways that I would love for you to enunciate. Uh, rising rates. Um, we're potentially folks are saying, hey, we're going to see another market correction, market crash going into a recession. How do you contextualize the moment we're in right now with the Inflation Reduction Act, its impact and where where the housing market is going? I mean, what are what, what corner could you look around for me in that regard? Sure. And, and then I'll, and I'll, I'll, I'll say, first of all, that I, I have some opinions and I'll share a couple of them, but, but, you know, we, it, it's, it's a, it's a very uncertain time. And I, and I think it could go a lot of different directions, but, but, uh, but certainly, you know, real estate markets are always cyclical. And so they're, they're, they're always, they're always trying to find this, this, this balance. And so that the up and down is, is, is normal, you know, leading up to the, the crash, we saw huge increases that created you know, more of a bubble and then a huge crash. What we've seen from you know over the last you know decade now is is kind of slow and steady growth, right? Mm-hmm. And so that 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 should lead lead you know, lead us to believe that, that 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 maybe a correction will be slower and steadier correction. Um, again, don't know for sure, but uh, but certainly could see that. There's 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 some unhealthy things that we see from an economic perspective, but there are also some healthy things. Um, and and uh, and so I think. I think it'll be very interesting where, you know, what, what we see happen over the next six to 12 months. Uh, not surprised at all if we see a, a, a correction and even a, a, a significant correction in housing over the next couple of years. But again, with, with that, I think, I think there's always opportunity. There's opportunity to continue opportunity in the real estate space and continue opportunity, obviously, in the energy space. You know, with, with inflation, you know, obviously comes higher energy cost, which, which uh, you know, ho- hopefully the you know the 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 you know inflation on solar panels and other and other you know equipment continues to 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 separate as it has from from uh, from from uh, you know traditional energy costs and I, I believe that will continue to happen and so finding those those right opportunities to get more to get more efficient and 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 uh, you know provide additional savings and 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 try to be innovative in terms of how how to how to roll out those solutions in, in meaningful ways. In a soundbite, are there any potential unhealthy metrics economically that you're looking at that you'd be willing to discuss? You know, on the real estate side, uh, just affordability uh, is one, right? Um, you know, and, that, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a very much a per market uh, basis, but a, but a lot of your a lot of your you know big metropolitan areas are are, mm-hmm. are, are much less affordable than they've been in the past, um, and so that's that's one key metric that we that we look at. I reference what I just talked about, just just kind of you know minding that 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 gap between you know renewable energy that that we're that we're offering as an industry and traditional energy, and then how easy we can make that make make help help people make that transition. Uh, those yeah. would be a couple of the things I've mentioned. You've mentioned a couple of times your uh, your partner in time. Uh, I won't say partner in crime. Uh, tell me about Brian Bear. Yeah, so so Brian and I have known each other. We we. Go, 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 going back to when we started, you know, you know, buying, fixing, and selling homes back in 2007, 2008. So it's been a 15 years that we've been we've been partners. And Brian, uh, you know, spent a time where he was one of the most uh, successful real estate agents in the country. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, he he helped us uh, acquire a lot of homes at Invitation Homes, and 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 also helped uh, you know several of the other large institutional landlords. Um, and then, uh, then when I, you know, when I transitioned away from the day-to-day at Invitation Homes, you know, he and I came together and, 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 and saw, saw opportunities to continue growing what we had been doing on the real estate side and, you know, launch on the energy side. And so, yeah. you know, Brian, Brian, uh, and Brian continues on as, you know, we, 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 
we, we built an offer pad over the last, uh, you know, seven, seven or eight years and took that public last year. He continues on as the CEO at OfferPad, now, now a public company. And for those who are unfamiliar, what is OfferPad? So OfferPad is a, is, is a, is a, is a real estate marketplace uh, that uh, I- instead of selling a home the traditional way where, where you, you know, you, you, know fi- you know, find an agent, you fix up the house, you list it, you don't know when it's going to sell, how much it's going to sell for, you do the repairs yourself, you have strangers come walk through it, you put it under contract, you hope it closes. Instead of all that, you come to OfferPad, you get an offer within, within an hour, um, uh, and you pick your close date and, and you're done. And, 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 you know, you usually, you know, uh, are, are able to find a, a price very right, right in that same range that you would go to, uh, with, wow. with, with us being, being able to, 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 to make margin on fixing up the house and what would have been paid, you know, in commissions yeah. uh, and, and, and doing it at scale and very fast. So that's, that's offer pad. And that is fascinating. I mean, that's yeah. a whole other interview right there. I'd love to interview, um, I'd love to interview Brian at some point and just to hear his thoughts on, uh, on the real estate market as well. But that's fascinating. What do you believe given, oh, what is it? Four or five businesses, six businesses that you started? What do you believe are the hardest parts of getting a business off the ground? Yeah, I think there's, there, there, there's, there's quite a few challenges and hurdles to get over for sure. It's, 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 uh, it's, 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 you know, you know, first coming up with the, the idea and make sure, making sure it's the right idea, right? Make, making mm-hmm. sure there's a, there's some type of a differentiation that you're bringing and something that you can, you know, either, either bring something new to the market or do something better than is being done. And then it's finding the right business plan partners, you know, strategy to take that idea to market. It's finding the capital to, 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 to be able to do that. And then it's, you know, Nico, it's, it's a, it's a lot of hard work. It's a, it's, it's, it's a, you know, I, 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 I certainly encourage entrepreneurship uh, to anybody that comes and asks me about it. I, I think it's a, I think it's a great, you know, a great and fulfilling uh, career path to take. Yeah. Um, but I, but I also warn people that, Hey, this is, this is a, you know, the, the, if, if you're wanting to start a business and start it from scratch, this is not a nine to five, uh, you know, uh, uh, type no, of an not. opportunity. Um, yeah. And so be, be prepared to put the, put the work in. I'll take either or as you think about, the last 20 years of your career, are there any particularly salient lessons or takeaways from mentors that are indelible for you as like, man, I wouldn't have been able to do what I do. Or thanks to having learned this lesson from this mentor, I'm, I have, I I was able to move forward or maybe in the same vein, some instructive dead end or pivot where you realized like I have made a wrong decision. I'm going to turn and do something different. Either of those so, so I'll say, so I'll say one, one lesson learned, learned early on, and this, this, this is from, you know, the, my, my, you know, my partner at, at Alliance, his, his, you know, his, his father, as I mentioned, he was in real estate. He, he had lived through certain cycles. And so mm-hmm. he made sure that it was, it was uh, imprinted, you know, heavily on, on us that, you know, markets don't last forever. And there's, 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 uh, there's, there's, there's cycles that are always coming and prepare yourself for things that can go wrong. Right. And so that that helped lead us to, to a decision not to take any, any you know, any, any debt on, on land that we were doing, which wow. freed us up to be able to look at op- be opportunistic as opposed to dealing with 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 issues. Right. And and so I, I think there's lessons to be learned in, in any industry there that, that says, hey, you know, you know, expect that you're going to do well and, 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 and prepare that way. But at the same time, you know, prepare for the for, for the worst that could happen, especially those things that are outside of your control. So. Something that impresses me, Jerry, and I, I want to understand a bit more about this. 
I believe that folks that succeed do so for a lot of reasons, but not least, which is because they create consistent habits and practice and routine in their life. You have six children, and I presume that you have a happy, uh, a happy marriage and family life, and you find time to to be with Absolutely. six children. The, the, the big question I have is like, how? I'm, I'm running a tiny startup. I have nothing near the scale of you. I have three children. And I find that I'm often working, as you said, uh, kind of grinding to make it work. And, um, you know, I just want to learn, if I can personally, from you, anything that maybe you've gleaned over the years that help you be both a happy family man and a successful businessman. Absolutely. And, and, and I'll, I'll say that of, of all the things that we've been able to do and experience on, on the work side, the, the most rewarding and the and the most important uh, in, in my life is is, uh, is is my family and and my faith and I think it's all about balance in, in life as you mentioned you know you appreciate uh, your listeners uh, coming to the you know to the table and 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 dedicating the time to to, to listen here you know we have a limited amount of time uh, that we can spend and and so so finding the right ways to spend it. Um, I'll give I'll give I'll give one example that I think that was meaningful to me as 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 we were as we were starting invitation homes and we were opening up these new markets. Travel was heavy with six children and and, and first of all I'll, I'll credit my wife uh, who's 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 very patient and 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 understanding and is my partner in, in in all things. But we found that it was it was important for us to spend time together. And so as we were as I was traveling, I'd, I'd t- take my wife with me on a trip at least once a month. And, and uh, you know, we'd let her, you know, we, we were open up 14 markets across the country. So we'd look at the schedule and say, hey, which of these, which of these four over the next four weeks do you, do you want to, you want to go, uh, you know, travel with me too? And, and, and then, and then I did the same thing with some of my older children. And then let's say if I needed to, if I needed to spend, you know, a, a works week uh, worth of time in Miami, then a lot of times what I would do is, uh, is, is, is spend Monday at home, you know, with the, with the kid, with the family, with the kids put the kids to bed, take a red eye, you know, to the East coast, uh, go straight to the office, put in, you know, 10 hours, you know, get, finally get some rest on Tuesday night and put another, you know, 11 or 12 hours the next day. Uh, I, I found that I could get almost a full week's worth of work in three days and be gone from the, from the kids and the family for, you know, for, you know, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, be back Thursday nights, you know, coming back, you know, to the West coast. And so being gone two, maybe three nights, uh, you know, so, so a home, a majority of the time, and again, you know, you, you can't have a permanent schedule, uh, yeah. like that, but, but for, but for times and for, you know, for, for, for seasons, you can, you can make some sacrifices like that and make all things work. I really appreciate that. My wife and I've made, and she's been a great partner as well. And we've made decisions similarly around travel, but also around, around location. One of the things that we have the privilege of now and, and have for really the past 10 years, uh, as, as a workforce is, to decide where we want to work from. And increasingly now after COVID, but we decided, I said to my wife, do you want to move to San Jose? We were living in Oakland or to Miami. And she said, I want you to be home for dinner. I don't care where we move. I want you to be home for dinner. <laughs> and so we yeah. just maximized our ability to be home, have me home for dinner, which turned out I moved to Miami because I could fly in and out of Puerto Rico in a day. I want to uh, once again, acknowledge not just the listeners, generosity, but yours, it is no small feat to, to take time out of your extremely busy day to give us 90 minutes of your time. I'm so grateful for it. I'd like to wrap today with one question that I always, uh, that I always ask, and it is what we call our crystal ball question. I'd like to end the day with a bold prediction. You have a, a habit of looking around corners. I'd like to, for you to help us be our periscope around the corner, if you will. What do you believe is the next opportunity for scaling clean energy? And uh, I'd love, I'd love to know what's in your crystal ball. 
Yeah. So, so, uh, you know, in terms of, in terms of, you know, new opportunity, I, 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 I believe strongly that the new technology, the new efficiencies will continue to come in the space. And I, and I believe, you know, I, I get, I'll, I'll start on, on, on the residential side. You mentioned something very interesting, you know, uh, the landscape is changing significantly and people are looking mm-hmm. for more flexibility and, and they want to live where they want to live and remote work and, and everything else. So, so, I, 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 I believe there will be continued flexibility on how, how and where people live. And I think that'll provide opportunities on the energy side, right? To, mm. to you know, fo- fo- focusing on, on, you know, if, if somebody is living, you know, half the year here or half the year there, or, or these, these markets that are, that are more, you know, have fit more favorable living conditions are going to continue to expand, then there's going to be bigger opportunities in certain geographic markets than others. And so I, I would say one on the technology side and then one on you know, geographically understanding what the additional flexibility on where and how people live, you know, understanding that will help help drive, you know, you know, where, where you should focus on, you know, on, on, on what products and services you should bring the market and, and, and what areas you should bring them to. Jerry Coleman is co-founder, former CEO, business magnate, from Arizona for companies like Elevation, Solar, and OfferPad, and Insight, uh, to name a few that we've talked about here today. Jerry, again, super grateful for your uh, generosity of time and wisdom. I've learned a lot today, and I hope that we have a chance to bring you and uh, Greg back on the show at some point. Sounds great, Nico. Appreciate your time as well. Wow. Solar Warriors, I hope that this conversation is as useful to you as it was for me. Just like Jesse Parker said to Jerry, all the way back as his influential coach in high school, you can do more than you think you can. You know, I've waited a long time for the interview that we just got a chance to absorb. Thank you so much to the team at Elevation Solar and to Jerry Coleman in particular, to Greg Fasulo and for their whole marketing team for helping facilitate this conversation with one of the most prolific entrepreneurs I've had a chance to meet and interview and someone who I deeply admire. I hope that you do too. Someone who is a multiple exit entrepreneur, a great example of what it looks like to move from one industry to another, to expand beyond your core skill set and to leverage that skill into a new sector. Few have done it quite as well as Jerry. And we gave several examples of that with his businesses in this conversation. You know, a couple of things stood out to me. Jerry said success is a function of who you meet and who you partner with over time. He also said for everything you do in business, you need a good understanding of accounting and finance principles to get something off the ground and scale to profitability. I'm grateful that as a part of your successful integration of knowledge you've chosen to partner with suncast you've chosen to give us your time as an investment that you hope will bring a return i'd love to know and i know that jerry would as well what were your takeaways you've gotten a few of mine how have you grown and learned in this interview one way to share that is by giving us your takeaway of the this episode and all of the others with a simple review at ratethispodcast.com forward slash suncast since i know that you're going to be hopping online i'd love you to share this episode with someone that you think would benefit from learning these lessons and understanding how an entrepreneur like jerry scales businesses and thinks about expanding his horizons who do you think needs to hear this story today i'd encourage you as well 
to jump on LinkedIn and connect with me. I will have posted about this episode and I'd love your commentary, potentially even share the episode post that we've made with others so that they can tap in to this learning. And speaking of tapping into learning, if you're eager to keep learning, you, my fellow PhiloMath, can find resources and highlights from this discussion and every other 500 and almost 50 episodes published thus far with their social media links, book recommendations, and so much more on the blog at mysuncast.com. Pro tip, if you scroll all the way to the bottom, there's a bar where you can search for practically any topic or name that has uh, showed up in the Suncast podcast thus far. For this episode and every other, the resources are right there on the show notes page. And I encourage you to go seek that out. If you're following along and downloading, listening in somewhat real time here to our episodes, you'll notice that we've got a barrage of content coming from you. We're still wrapping up some of our RE Plus replays. That was such an action-packed and condensed information download from all of our many guests at the Power Up Media Zone. Tomorrow is one of my absolute favorites from the Media Zone, and it is Hannah Bascom. Ryan Harris and Chris Rauscher from Google, Span, and Sunrun, respectively, talking about the future of smart home according to their respective companies. And next week, you will not want to miss our action-packed lineup kicking off the week next week with Gustavo Montero from EDPR with a special guest appearance from our favorite analysts over at Woodmac, all about trends to watch for in 2023 for the distributed generation market followed on thursday by john belazare of saluna computing my goodness i'm telling you the lineup keeps getting better for you right here i promise that investment of time is going to yield massive results and if you have extra time not that you do but if you do and you're looking for a way to connect with community i would encourage you our community is growing at a fun, pretty fun clip right now. Uh, about 250 people in our Discord channel. You can go to mysuncast.com forward slash community and learn more and participate. Yes, it requires another app. I, I keep the app open on my desktop computer, but lots of folks join on mobile. And it's pretty easy and straightforward to use once you get over the hurdle of downloading the app or, or setting up your username. And that's where we share a lot of our uh, hot jobs opportunities. That's where we share a lot of, I share a lot of my daily uh, insights around news that I'm reading. And a lot of other folks in the community do as well. I'd like to thank finally our sponsors who help make this content free to you so that you can learn more and improve your career and your income. You can learn more about them at mysuncast.com forward slash sponsor. That's also how you can learn to partner with us to reach thousands of solar warriors and clean tech champions twice a week, just like they do. Remember, you are what you listen to. Thanks again for showing up, solar warrior. It's half the battle.